Well, that ended abruptly. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, August 6th, and it's time for ten dozen minutes of Faithful Chapel Healing with Jake and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and we're about to call Jake right now. Hello. Hello, it's you. How's it going, Mr. Skullhead? Uh, it's going pretty good. How are you doing? Hello, sir? is it me you were looking for when you called? It was, in fact. I would have been very surprised and disappointed if somebody else had answered your Skype. Yeah. When I when I sat at my computer, there was somebody else logged into my Skype account. I was like, what uh, the hell happened? Was it that rather, lady that uh, I was on with last week? Cause yeah, cool. I think it was. I think that it was. How's it been? How's it been? How you been? How's it in, been hanging? Have you been hung? In uh, it, the two weeks. Oh, what happened in two weeks? Boy, not nothing. Yeah, how you feeling? You you back <laughs> up an atom? You back up to a hundred percent? No, you know I don't know if I can be. We'll see. Uh, they seem to think it'll take quite some time for the leg to be fully operational, Death Star style. So it's just like I can go a little bit farther before it starts to ache every day, and mm. uh, but eventually it always does start to ache. And uh, on Saturday, for no reason, my uh, ankle and foot just got huge. So I had to just sit and elevate them and wait for that to go away. But it, it did. So, you know. uh, let's see, there was another wedding. That yeah. uh, I don't know if that happened before our last show. Was your was your large leg the, the third groomsman? <laughs> My third leg what? was the large groomsman. Yeah, it was That's the groomsman's what? third leg large. That's uh, what happened. Uh, I don't know, did, did we talk about the wedding that was also a concert? Where everybody kept coming up to me and saying, I'm so glad you're alive. Oh, no. Did that make you feel good or bad? I just didn't know how to respond to it, you know? Yeah, me too. It's a strange thing for someone to say. It's certainly a positive thing for somebody to say. But it's an uncomfortable kind of shoving it in your face that you totally could have died a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know. People kept asking. Uh, kept saying that, and I never came up with a good retort. It was always just, eh, so am I. Like, nice to see you. Yes, I'm doing about 80%. Like, yes, I'd, sometimes I get tired, but I'm okay, and I'm off the shots now, and that's good. So I had the same conversation over and over, but it's nice to have people care. I guess that's going to happen. I mean, if you show up with a new baby, everybody's going to be like, oh, I like your baby. And you're like, yeah. God, I wish people would stop telling me that. Hey, shut the fuck up about this baby. You know, it's like if you get a new giant face mole or something. I guess in that case, maybe they would just say nothing. Uh, they they might, but they might just be talking to your face mole instead. Okay, yeah. They're pretending that your face mole is naked so that they're not nervous about giving a speech. Right. They're Do pretending it. it's a naked mole rat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I, like, it just just pain, or are you still, like... I don't know. I, like I don't. I don't have a good sense of what your day to day life is like right now, and how it varies huh. from, or how it differs from what it was like before. If you don't want to get into it, that's fine. That's yeah, okay. I, I will like, totally understand if you're sick of talking about it. I'm trying to to think of of what that difference is. Like it's, I get tired a little more easily. I get short of breath a little more easily, and uh, like my leg will hurt if I. If I'm on it all day. And frequently I wear either a compression stocking, which is like a, a half of a pair of tights that goes all the way up. And I do mean all the way up. 
or uh, I wrap my leg in an ace bandage from uh, toe to nutsack. Mm. I would. Th- is is it still noticeably larger than the other leg? Because I would think that you'd want to wear. It would drive me nuts to be wearing something like that on one leg. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is still a little bit bigger. Like if I feel like if I broke my finger, I would probably insist on wearing an identical cast on the other finger, even though it was totally <laughs> on fine. all of your other fingers. Yeah. Hmm. No, I. Uh, I would rather only wear one of them because it's it's really hot and uncomfortable. Oh. So I can at least have one leg that's that's cool and comfortable. I mean, if I know anything about women's clothing, it's that the more uncomfortable it is, the hotter it looks. Yeah. I'd, oh, I look completely hot. Yeah. In the thing. Really accentuates those calf muscles. Yeah. Does it have uh, vertical stripes on it? If only to make is me look s- slimmer. I wish it were black, so it would be slimming. Mm-hmm. I wish I were black, so that I would have a larger penis. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, yeah. So I went to I went to the convention thing, the arcade game convention that I've already talked about on so many podcasts that I don't remember if there is anything at all new to say about it. Right. Um, I screwed my car all up, which is fucking great. What happened to your and then car? Today, today I came home from work because there's a guy supposed to come and fix the drywall. Uh, not on my car. This doesn't have anything to do with my car. Uh, I see. I lump all of these like grown-up responsibilities into things that I barely take care of ever. Right. Uh, right. So and I'm thinking like, oh god, I really need to get my car dealt with. Uh, and then I was thinking, oh, you know what else I need to get dealt with was that thing I tried to get dealt with today, but the guy just didn't show up. Didn't call. Didn't show up. What do you do? Do you fucking call the guy and say, hey, do you want me to stay home from work again tomorrow? Uh, that may be. That, that is such a weird ongoing characteristic of of contractors in Phoenix. Yeah, is it not like that in other parts of the world? I I don't have a sense. I mean, I've only ever used the guy who's a friend of ours, who's a like a handyman with a contractor's license. So you mean like a guy that you're not allowed to kill, like a connected guy, because he's a friend of ours. Yeah, he's a friend of ours. He's a family man. Okay, friend of mine means potential. But not yet, not yet off limits. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Friends of P means that they are down with me. Okay. Because they are down with P. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I, I've only ever used like friends of Jess's family or friends of mine from here. So yeah. And they've been fine. But the thing, like, if they didn't show up, oh, you know, what am I going to do? They're my friends. I can't say anything bad about them. I can't punch yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, I guess face. we're all friends under the Lord, so even if a contractor here doesn't show up, what am I going to do? Because we're friends. Yeah. Under the Lord? Is he like like an umbrella? Yeah. I worship a giant umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I figured, you know, if something is going to be ubiquitous, like, it might as well also be functional. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's like I get less of a sunburn, I get less rain on my face. Still a little bit. Sometimes it rains from the from the bottom. <laughs> it always happens when I'm walking through this one guy's yard. Uh, the joke there was that that guy has a sprinkler. Right. I, I had some rain so from my bottom earlier this week. Oh yeah. Did yeah. you make it rain? <laughs> See, I was uh, gonna I was gonna tell you that I a couple of days ago I actually sharded. And then I was going to remind you that if we didn't have the fucking word sharded, I wouldn't have even told you that story. But, yeah, I don't want to really? get into it. I feel like I talked about stuff like that uh, before 
I encountered the word shart. You know, I remember the exact moment that I learned the word shart. Uh, I was at a, I want to say a minibus's show at Hollywood Alley, and a guy walked in wearing a shirt that said, I have to go, I just sharted. Hmm. Did you immediately know what it me- meant, or did you I have did, to? Yeah, I did. I immediately, I, like, because that's one of those things where it immediately, it just makes itself clear. Which, I, I think self-evident words like that, you can't rail against their existence, because they were just, they were part of the fabric of the universe to begin with. There, there's no there's no artifice there. Because if there was, somebody would have had to explain it to you. It's just the, the fact that 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 can be a topic of discussion that's common enough that we have to make up this dumbass word about it. Well, do you think that do you think that it's somehow like not okay to talk about shitting? Like I know it's a thing that you don't do that often, but I mean, like well, at least once a day. But I, I oh, talking about it. I see. Yeah. See, because I mean, I feel like it's it is one of those things. So I read I read this like uh, like Howard Stern's autobiography that I read many years ago, and he was like just talking about how. I'm going to put this chapter in my book about the right way to take care of your asshole because nobody will ever tell you this. Nobody will ever talk about this. And until you learn how to do it, if you are a person like me, me, Howard Stern, you're going to have all these problems with your asshole and just think that that's what life is like for everybody. Uh But like, no, it turns out that if you just talk about this, there are shared experiences that you can benefit from in a way that dramatically improves your life. Right? And so it like... It's one of those things where it's like, sure, it, like, to me, I, I feel like the world is a place where you occasionally shit your pants. Very, very occasionally. Right. But still, it is a thing that occasionally happens. And it's humiliating and it's horrible, but it also is a thing that happens. And so it's not like the actual end of the world when it happens, right? And so having a vocabulary for commiserating about it with your fellow man is a thing that ultimately uplifts the spirit. And are we commiserating or are we just telling shitty jokes? Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah. (sighs) Because I think more than providing an opportunity for you to commiserate with your fellow man, it just further lowers the level of dialogue. Well, but I mean, if the is the level of dialogue lowered by saying I sharted instead of I went to fart and shit my pants? See, I would right? say I don't think so. I, I think would it's say just, it's accelerated. I think the average things. level of discourse is higher because you spend less actual time, fewer actual seconds uttering the sentence about having tried to fart but accidentally I mean, shit your pants. Maybe you're gonna you're gonna be less likely to say it if you have to say that whole sentence, and good. Okay, like. Why why do we need to sit around talking about the time we farted and shit our pants? To make us, I mean, that's my point. To make us feel less okay. I to think make us feel less bad about it. To make us, to make us Im- not embrace, but at least not be afraid that it was this humiliating thing that we're the only person that it's ever happened to. I don't, yeah, you have a, you're a unique and special snowflake when it comes to thinking that you're the only person in the world that something would happen to. But it, yeah, so you go on the internet. And you go, do people shit themselves? And you go, yes. Some of them are willing to do it for money for you to beat off to. And then yeah, you but understand. before the internet, I mean, it's... So we have it now. You know, like, we don't, we don't have to waste our time. Like, when I found that there was a word for taint, I was, well, first kind of pissed that 
a perfectly decent word now has a different meaning. And then I was pissed at how stupid the derivation of that is. And then I was just like, are we spending so much time talking about the like area between the nutsack and the asshole that we really have to give it a name that's short and catchy? Like, Christ. Because, like, we don't have a name, another name for, like, the duodenum. Because we don't okay. need it. Because we don't sit around and talk about our fucking duodenum. Right, well, Why because, we? because it's not a taboo. Because it doesn't... Okay, so you, in the, in the middle of that sentence, you said, Christ. Right? Which is a, a derived phrase that has, a, a, that has a, a like... I'm not going to say impact because I know that's another word that you hate. That, but that that uh, that interjection has some weight that it would not have if it wasn't t- taboo, mm-hmm. right? And and I think that shart and taint are the same kind of things. It's I I think that you you need there is there is a certain pleasure to be derived from <laughs> rubbing your taint. There's a certain pleasure to be derived from taboos and novelty and so i think it will follow that novel taboos are a thing that need to emerge and i think that those words are are cool punchy words like shark is a good word in the same way that shark is a good word right and it's and with taint i mean it bothers you that this taint is a word that was perfectly reasonable that meant something else simple unambiguous spelling one syllable whatever but i think co-opting it to be able to talk about something jokingly that is taboo that would have seemed clinical to not have a nickname for it and to the point where you just wouldn't have bothered and i mean i guess that's your point you wouldn't have bothered and just as well yeah like how what what things do we need to say about our taints so much that we need the word taint well what things do we need to say about a bag of dicks Right, I mean, what things do we need to say about my, like our asses? That we I don't think say, I've kiss, ever heard kiss like, my ass. Why couldn't we? Why couldn't we say something other than kiss my ass? You know, because that is just as gross. I guess you can and say the first, and the first guy to the first guy to tell somebody to kiss his ass. Everybody was like, "Whoa, man, that was that was savage. That was this. That was a savage transgression." You're like Jesus right there. Christ, Jeffrey Chaucer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the woman's face had a beard. Um, yeah. No, I just, like, I understand that the level of discourse, especially, like, thinking about Chaucer, hasn't really dropped that much. It's just, there's so much more discourse out there, I guess. Sure, and I mean, but I think that, I think that the reason these seem like particularly bad examples of it are because they are the new ones. No, it's, they, both of those words, when I heard them, I thought, that sounds like something that dumb people say. And I had this image in my mind immediately of, like, a live-action Beavis or Butthead going, mm-hmm. <laughs> shark, taint, heh, <laughs> And then I found out that fucking everybody I know thinks those words are great and says them all the time. It's like, sure. oh, okay, so how do you great. feel about, like, chode, right? Chode like, is hilarious. I feel like there are words that, uh, that I learned from Beavis and Butthead that have, have entered my sort of crudeness lexicon, my crude lexicon. Not to imply that my entire lexicon is crude, but I have a crude lexicon. And also a crude leprechaun. <laughs> that guy. Those 
cunts are always after me <laughs> lucky fucking charms. A shorty or tainting sense, my name. <laughs> my, my name? I guess he's also a hillbilly. Tell uh, you what, <laughs> damn some bitches are always after me lucky charms. Ah, <laughs> uh, the leprechauns. <laughs> they're everywhere and they're awesome. Um, yeah, well, okay, so that was a good that was a good 12-minute jag, I guess. Uh, 12-minute jag was my nickname. Did you just fart into the microphone? <laughs> it sounded like it, didn't it? <laughs> I thought maybe you were trying to prove a point. It's like, hey, I know how I can I make like, this the, show funnier. The thing that funnier. I just did was literally no better or worse than the last 10 minutes of your speech. I'm just thinking of, like, it would be nice for people to be witty rather than vulgar. Sure. And if they can be both, cool. But it it's really easy to to get a laugh with a fart joke. So you Yeah, go but for would the it, fart so then I guess the question is someone who yeah. someone who does not does not care to or cannot be witty, is it better for them to be silent than yes. vulgar? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can see somebody believing that. I don't think that I do. Hmm. Right, I mean, because I, I think that in a in a space where vulgarity is acceptable, which which to me is like kind of the difference between a, a comfortable space and a space in which one has to apply some pretense to one's behavior, you know, whether it's like wearing clothes or you know just not calling somebody's grandma a cunt, right, or whatever. But yeah, you know, it kind of it kind of goes back to my feeling about. Cards Against Humanity. And to a lesser extent, Apples to Apples. Um, I, I I think seeing Cards Against Humanity really drove home what I don't like about Apples to Apples. And it is that it is like a framework for people to, without much effort, be funny in a way that I don't really care for. Or in a way that I don't attribute much value to right it because it seems to me like and and i'm i I realize i am i become aware of this every time i notice myself being guilty of this but there's like sometimes there's the funny guy in a group of guys that is funny because he just like says a lot of lines from a funny movie Uh or whatever and 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 I get that a lot of our careers are based on that, but I would like to think that our stuff is is frequently, if not always, additive. Well, like we were the guys who, a couple of days after Austin Power came out, Austin Powers came out, were going, "Oh, shagadelic! Oh, behave!" and then stopped. Were we? I, I was. When I noticed that everybody else was doing it too and it, and we all sounded retarded, I stopped. And I think that's a difference. Yeah. So so to me, Cards Against Humanity is like you, what you're doing is you are you are it's like a fake kind of funny. And 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 what gets me is that I I should not I don't begrudge people playing it, right? But it's just one of those things where I'm going to I'm going to make this like this like super arrogant and douchey value judgment about it where I just, I would rather one person try to be original and funny and fail than 10 people be funny in the context of a game of cards against humanity. 
and and apples to apples is kind of like it's always going to derive it's always going to it's always going to like devolve into that if you're playing with the kind of people who would rather be playing cards against humanity which is mostly yeah. who I've been around playing apples to apples see that's weird because I, I find apples to apples pretty funny in a like some of it's funny because it's transgressive some of it's funny because it's nonsense some of it's funny because it's transgressive nonsense mm-hmm. so like I don't know I, I find it entertaining and I don't I don't think of it as in the same category of like the guy trying to tell a joke <coughs> that he saw on like a Louis C.K. special or something and failing I think it's just like a fun thing for friends to do together, like kind no, of like a, a, a stricter, like a like either. a like a less creative version of um, blank white cards. Sure, yeah, and, so I, it's and just I guess a framework that's where it was... for people to generate stuff that you know you don't think is funny at all, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's and that's my point. It's not that it doesn't work because it clearly does, and that's why people like it. And it and it's not that that guy at the bar doesn't get a laugh because that guy is the funny guy, mm-hmm. right? And and people are laughing at him. Oh, but yeah. I, you know, I I feel like the guy who gets fewer but better laughs because the things that he said were genuinely incisive and original and funny is. Like that's the guy that I would rather hang out with, sure. Than than the movie quotes guy, or you know, like the guy who's just really negative about everything all the time and get, gets a laugh by by making fun of somebody, or whatever, you know, or like the the guy who's racist funny, <laughs> or something, right? You know, I mean, there, there's I I think that there are there there are strata of it, and I kind of I don't know I I don't I don't know why. It bought, like, I don't know why the idea of Cards Against Humanity rubs me in the wrong way so thoroughly. Because, you know, there are, there are a ton of people that like it, and I should not feel like they are wasting their time by playing it, because they're totally not. Yeah, if they're having fun doing it, they're not wasting their time. But I would feel like I was wasting my time if I played it. Because this is, like, this is a thing that I care about, right? But it is going about it in a way that cannot possibly be elevated to a level at which I actually care uh-huh. and and then I feel like an asshole for even thinking about like the elevation of the pun or whatever yeah but I you know it's my job right I mean our, our jobs our jobs are about making puns and putting them in a in a context where they make people happy yep so that's cool, I guess. Tards Against Humanity. It's a new uh, trauma movie. Right. Um, John C. McGinley gets them all riled up. And uh, John C. Riley gets them all McGinley'd up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's... Huh. that's that guy's that's name some, actually John some C. Legs. McGinley, though? <laughs> we should do something with that. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. Uh, nice, nice work. Anyway, uh, yeah. Have you been Have you been watching any movies or televisions, or playing any video games or anything? I'm still playing the Tony Hawk HD remix and uh, Super Mario World. Yeah, are you? Where do you come down on that Tony Hawk remix? Because it's it's basically like Tony Hawk 
two, right? It's half of the tracks from one and half of the tracks from two. And, like, no new track, like, no new courses at all. But, but didn't they they didn't they incorporate some of the moves from three like my the criticism that I read of this thing is that because they added the uh, what the hell do you call it the manual yeah manual because they added the manual it sort of like breaks all the courses hmm. because the the courses weren't designed for you to be able to do the just sort of like infinitely long tricks that right. Tony Hawk three kind of introduced. Or and so you'll you'll always do that, and then like the the ramps, which were your primary opportunities to like get some shit done in Tony Hawk Two, you just don't. I mean, I guess maybe that's only true if you're trying to maximize your score. Yeah, and as opposed to just like do sweet tricks and have fun. To me, that's the kind of dip, dick stabber approach. I was I was afraid before I bought it that they would have added the manual in, which since I never really got any good at it. I wasn't looking forward to having that be something that I had to think about. But then it was like, oh, I can still do, you know, like 15,000 point tricks by catching monster air and, you know, essentially floating for five seconds. But then I can also land with a manual and go over to this and grind that and do that. And like, it's still super fun. I think the important thing is they didn't do, they didn't cut down the hang time like they did with three. Okay. Where they and I mean, I guess where they like set the five seconds to two seconds, you know, potential problem too, right? Like they don't, they're not relying on you being able to do like a million point trick in order to get the whatever your gold medal is or whatever, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's weird. The only times that I ever tried to play Tony Hawk Two after playing Tony Hawk Three, I was just like, man, I have no idea what the f- I like. I have no idea how to get any points in this game. Yeah, I remember when we started playing Tony Hawk 3 together, and I would just look for a ramp and try to get going as fast as I can and do, like, those 10,000-point tricks while you and Jamin were busy doing 100,000, like, I'm lying down on top of the skateboard on a grind now and, and doing yeah. a handstand, and now I'm masturbating naked on top of the thing. Yeah, It was a lot more about the grinds. I mean, I think that's the thing. Because I enjoyed that so much in Tony Hawk 3, like, I would just do the just kind of, like, you know, I'm just going to go up and down and up and down and up and down this baggage carousel because that's the thing that I can do that makes numbers get bigger in a way that is enjoyable to me, and I never really figured out. I mean, I never even did a whole lot of stuff with the manual except, like, to go from one big, long grind to another big, long grind. Yeah. Um, But to me, like, the grinding wasn't that fun. Oh, like, I love it. Man. It's not as I used fun. To, like, just balancing back and forth is not as fun as, well, let's do a kickflip and then we'll do, like, a 540 sick judo Christ fuck face air, you know. You do that, you do that, I mean, you can jump when you're grinding and do those tricks too, right? Huh. I mean, so, to me, I would go, like, as a kid, I would be in the back of the car and I would just be imagining, like sort of skating, like not even a skateboard, right? Like it never occurred to me that one might do this on a skateboard, but I would just sort of play this game where, all right, now I'm on that power line. Now I've jumped down onto that fence. Now I'm, you know, I bounce off that cow and like, and I just always imagined like going alongside of the road really fast along rails, basically. Right. And so I was like that video game just, wow, I can finally do that. Yeah. So maybe that was just me. 
I feel it. I also liked it when it was dark, uh, but there were a lot of bugs, so it seemed like we were flying through space. I like the uh, like beginning snowstorm for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Space snow space would be less gross than bug space. Yeah. None of them are as cool as push space. Push space. Yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, you know, I feel like I just sort of dropped off the face of the earth for that convention for the half of the time since since our last meeting. So how did you mess up the car? In what way? I was towing it behind the U-Haul and the one of the rear tires blew out and just shredded and then the little flailing bits of tire just chewed a giant hole in the back bumper ah. and knocked that shit loose and then just did a bunch of scraped a bunch of paint off and put a bunch of tiny little dents in the rear quarter panel and the back door mm. so I mean it's almost entirely cosmetic damage well okay it is all entirely cosmetic damage because that's what entirely means it is entirely cosmetic damage except that now there's a bunch of spots where there's no paint so that's just like well now my car just is old and looks like shit because that's where it starts just getting spreading stains of decay and spreading stains of takay oh my do you plan on just getting it getting some body work done I mean it would just cost it would probably cost three thousand dollars to get that if it was a thing where they could just touch it up for a couple hundred bucks then I would do that you know, but I just, I don't know. Like, I already got that bumper replaced once when somebody hit it. Yeah. And that cost, like, a grand. Which, I, I just don't, you know, I mean... Don't like, you have full coverage on your car? Ah, uh, yeah, man, I do. But if you use it, then they'll charge you even more money per month. Yeah, than they already do, which I is crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I, it didn't occur to me. Because I had such a miserable... Like, when my car got hit while it was parked, I filed a claim I had a thousand dollar deductible they, it cost eleven hundred dollars to fix so it saved me exactly a hundred dollars and my insurance went up by like thirty bucks a month right so I don't I, I now I just think of an insurance claim as something that you should never ever do under any circumstances uh, and, so unless you know, something happened to your car that did five thousand dollars worth of damage yeah that's Which what happened is to mine is i got in an accident that was the person's fault but it's kind of a no-fault state unless they were breaking some you know breaking a traffic law or something and so it, the car needed fifty five hundred dollars worth of work and my premiums didn't go up hmm. at all i really think you're getting fucked dry with your insurance yeah, and you should I mean, shop I think around maybe that a was bit. i think maybe that got classified as an accident that was my fault when it's not supposed to, but I could never get anyone to tell me. I said, if my car is parked somewhere and it gets hit, is it possible for that to count as an at-fault accident? Because I don't know whether it's worth any time trying to straighten this out. Because if if that counts as my fault, right? Like, if the fault has to lie with someone and that someone is the policyholder in the absence of another person, then yes, my car getting hit while it's parked isn't is an accident that would be categorized as my fault doesn't make sense to me that it would be like that but right. yeah i don't know um i guess i could i guess i could get an estimate and see what would be involved in doing it 
Yeah. I mean, I could also just stop having comprehensive coverage on my car if it got too expensive, right? Because I own, I own it. You own it outright. Yeah, and so I might as well, you know, it just depends, right? If there's no advantage to having comprehensive coverage, right? Which if you're yeah. never going to use it, then you might that's as well. A, yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Maybe I will just call the insurance company. This is a, like a weird set of circumstances, though, right? Because I had a tire blowout while I was towing it, and then because I couldn't see the car, I ran it for however many miles it took for somebody to notice and flag me down. Right. But, yeah. I just expect that, like, there are three pieces of the car, there are three pieces of the body that would have to be fixed, and I just think of them as costing 1000 or $1,500 each. Uh-huh. So... Which is probably true. Like, yeah. just, just replacing the rear bumper on the the SUV that we had was five grand. Wow. Yeah. It's nuts. I mean, we, we didn't pay it. We yeah. went through our insurance. I don't know. Yeah. We, we've just somehow got insurance that every time I file a claim, they just take care of it really quickly, and my like my premiums go up maybe a dollar every six months. <clears throat> but the money that they've put into me already is more than I've paid them. So what you really need to do is find a place like that and just break the shit out of your car a lot because then like you'll yep. be, you'll be ahead. Yeah, that seems like a that seems like a great thing. I mean, the other thing is like this car it it is showing no signs of becoming an old car other than the fact that I've been driving it for 7 years and it has like 100,000 miles on it. Hmm. Right? I'm starting to think of it as an old car, but at the same time I don't because it's like no, this is still my new car. <laughs> right? Right. And it still looks good, and it's not, it's not disintegrating, in really noticeable ways. Except for like the because we live in Phoenix, like all the plastic on the inside is just getting more and more brittle. Yeah. With every passing year, and the knobs are starting to fall off things. I think I mean, my car might have leprosy. Your car is fairly old, right? It, it's. It's a two thousand five. Oh, so it's not that old. No. It's it's old for a modern car that you're supposed to trade in every couple of years, I guess. Are you supposed to trade in a modern car every couple of years? I don't even I don't even know how most yeah, people, people do. You know. Do this. Yeah. Do people trade in their cars before they're done paying them off? Oh yeah. They're begging us to trade in our Prius. We keep getting mail from the uh, from the dealership, even though we have three more years left to pay on it. I mean, what do they do then? Do they just roll that debt into the new loan? Or no, they, do they... they buy the car from you for the Kelly Blue Book, and if it, yeah, if you, but if you do owe more than than they're willing to pay for it, they totally just roll the debt in the new loan. Hmm. I mean, I guess eventually you have to stop doing that, right? Because you you eventually won't qualify for a loan big enough if it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean. I, it's it's I guess it's a weird thing. Like, did they? I guess we talked about this at some point. Like, did they used to make things to last, or do they just ma- still make things to last? It's just a lot more expensive to maintain them, so nobody does it. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Like, the replacing things has gotten cheaper than repairing them for sure. Certainly then, for something like a VCR. I don't or know what? if the repairing has gotten more expensive or if the replacements have just gotten cheaper. I mean, I could not, if I couldn't afford to have my car serviced regularly, 
you know, and basically just if I wasn't gullible enough to let them do everything that they suggest, right? Like then my car would probably be in really poor shape right now because I don't know how to do shit with even an old simple car, much less a modern everything is a computer car. Right. Right. And so, yeah, I don't have a good sense. I'm accustomed to just driving things that got so old that my dad, who had a pretty high tolerance for things being old, didn't trust them anymore. Yeah. And then I just, then I just drove them until the wheels fell off. Yeah, that's what I did before the last couple of cars. Yeah. You're not going to trade in your Prius, though? You want to keep it? Yeah, I just decided that it would be better to just pay it off. And it may not run a day past being paid off, but to not start another big-ass loan until we had something to put down. is having yeah. a, a seven-year loan on a car is just a really, really long time. Well, I didn't even realize they did them for that long. Yeah. I was thought of, I think I always thought of a car loan as something that was either like two or three years. But I guess not. Uh, we didn't like we didn't put anything down. We traded in our car that and they gave us like what we owed on it plus five hundred bucks or so for the down. Yeah. And then to get the payment where we wanted, they said, Yeah, we'll totally just push it out to seven years and we'll give you a seven year warranty. So if anything goes bad on it in that seven years you're fine. But huh. there there's something in human nature that's like I've been driving this car forever and it's not new anymore and I, I wanna cheat on my car with something else. Boy, I don't feel like that even a little bit. I I love my car so much. <laughs> and that's that's why that's like that's the thing. It's like I feel like common wisdom is that you once a car is as old as my car, you don't spend a bunch of money fixing it. Mm. Right? Like that's when you jump ship. But but I don't really want to jump ship. I would rather just keep driving this thing until it stops running because I really, really like it. And I don't want to, you know, I'm like, they, they occasionally say, you know, and it's not even like, they're not even like putting pressure on me at the dealership. They're just saying like, yeah, you know, you wouldn't have these problems with the tires if you got into a new one that had the tire meter installed, but I don't like any of the new ones. Uh And so I'm just not interested in trading in. Like if they had a brand new car that looked exactly like my car, except that it had the fucking tire low indicator in Uh it, and maybe like a nicer stereo or whatever had an auxiliary jack then I would probably consider trading my car in for that car but what they have is oh this is like they have a car that is like my car's grandpa as the same model Hmm. and it's like you can't get it it's like beige interior with fake wood grain everywhere and that's the only thing you can get from them now And it seems like it has this gigantic center console, even though it's not that much bigger than my center console. It feels like you're in, like it feels like you're in a giant egg carton. Mm. I don't know what the deal is, and it's all curvy on the outside. It doesn't look like a car, or rather, it does. It looks like a boring car that like a girl would drive. Uh. No offense to a girl, but like my girlfriend's car, it's just like a. I don't remember what kind of car it is because it's one of those cars that are all the fucking same. It's like a Corolla or a Sebring or something, right? You know, and it's just like boring ass car. That was one of the reasons that I couldn't stomach getting like the the Toyota Camry is cheaper than the Prius and gets almost as good gas mileage. But I don't know. I just didn't want to be driving a Camry. I mean, I guess as a guy, I mean, I don't feel like I'm the kind of guy whose self worth is particularly tied up in possessions. Right. Like, but I know a lot of people are like, no, I want to drive a badass car to prove to the world that I have a big dick. 
yeah. or whatever. And I, and I don't, you know, I, like I want it to be functional and reliable. And if it's cool, that's kind of a bonus, hmm. I guess. So I don't, I don't know. I but I, but for whatever reason, the thought of driving like a Civic or something just. I just would sort of rather just walk everywhere than drive like a boring ass modern looking car. Hmm. Hmm. What are you going to do? I guess I'm going to call my insurance company is what I'm going to do. That's what you should do. I guess it can't hurt. Right. They could tell me what's going to happen. I can say, are my premiums going to go up after this? And if they say no, then I'll say you're lying and hang up on them. And if they say yes, I'll say fuck you and hang up on them. Yep, so that'll be fun. Either yeah. one of those things will be fun to like, level an accusation. Today, I want to call my insurance agency, say fuck you, and hang up on them. Well, you're lying and hang up on them, or fuck you and hang up on them. Ah. <laughs> you're telling the truth. Fuck you. Yeah. <sighs> I, I meant time. to go see the Batman this weekend, but I didn't. I didn't make it out no, to the Batman. talked about it. I just worked and worked and played video games it kills a small part of my soul but you still haven't seen the avengers either oh yeah yeah bad nerd no cookie ah, i've never really been that kind of nerd eh. but it uh, a rising tide lifts all nerdy boats mm, okay nerdy boats and dozy dots and little lambsy divey exactly oh that's the other thing i've been up to is uh adam and matt and i have started recording a podcast Ooh, yeah that what's it called mercy dots Yes. Now, it's going to be just us talking about horror movies. So, like, each week we're picking movies to to watch or a theme and the best movies in that and going from there. We've done two of them, and we'll do a third this Thursday. Um, once, I'm sure that we're going to keep doing it. I'll see if you want to put it in Hot Dog Network or not. Okay. But uh, for now, like, the, the title at the moment is Horror Show Hot Dog. Okay. And uh, we haven't actually uploaded any of them, but that's what I've been working on. Hmm. Yeah, it's hard to... It's fun. It's hard to... Like, I I think about this in a lot of things, like exercising and, you know, working and stuff. Like, it's easy to think of yourself as a person that has a lot of willpower when you're in the habit of doing something regularly. Right. But then once once the world intervenes and knocks you out of a habit for a little while, you sort of start to realize, like, oh... Well, I guess, I guess I wasn't quite as on the ball as I thought I was. So much as I was just used to doing these things at these particular times. Yeah, like was, I, when I was there wasn't the there gym, wasn't any inertia to overcome. Yeah, that like eight or nine months that I was going to the gym, I was losing weight and making measurable progress and all kinds of stuff. And then it just got difficult to find a time to go, and uh, that was that. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where, like, there are lots of other things that are more important than it, mm-hmm. you know. And with something like recording a podcast, like I I have to just think of it as part of my job, or I will stop wanting to make the time to do it. Yeah, yeah well, and I guess it's easy. Like- it's easier when you have a fan base. It's easier when you have people that start to start to kvetch a little bit if you if you don't stick with it. I w- I'm. I think of it more as a time, like spending time with my friends and being kind of forced, you know, this artificial construct to spend some time with them. 
Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of easy for guys to just never hang out. Because it's kind of awkward to call up a dude and ask if he wants to hang out. And right. You, you want to go get some ice cream, buddy? Right. Like, I'm always making sure that my wife is connecting with her female friends because I want her to have a, a healthy social life and will just totally neglect mine. So, uh, yeah, so th- I thought of it as that. And I am still sad about fa- the way that Family Hot Dog went, but it was just one of the people got way too busy to do it and saw it as more of a chore than as a chance to hang out with her friends. And she was the one who had all the parenting experience, so it didn't make a whole lot of sense for the rest of us to get together and pontificate. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, for uh, the more people that are involved in a thing that you have to everybody get their shit together to do regularly like the more likely the more the more avenues for a little chisel there are and at least with uh, like with the ones that we do none of the people who are in your podcasts have regular jobs yeah so it can be a thing for the horror show thing two out of three of us don't have regular jobs and we're doing it on the third one's day off so right that'll work until his day off changes are you recording over at matt's studio yeah, since he uh, they did their Kickstarter for their podcast and upgraded their equipment. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Huh. How did yeah. I not know about that? Or did I and I just forgot about it and I'm a bad friend? I don't know if I cross-posted it. I don't think I stuck it in the Kingdom Facebook at all. Because mm. I didn't want to push it that hard. But I posted it on my shit. Apparently it succeeded. Yeah, they did really well. They got, um, I think, uh, over twice what they were asking. Oh, but nice. they were asking like 500 bucks, and I think they ended up with 1200 that that's plenty of money to get some good recording equipment. Oh yeah, that's cool. So do, does everybody have their own microphone now? Has a lot of beer. I think he, he just upgraded the one microphone and is going to replace his laptop with mm. a recording, a digital recorder. Mm, okay. So I don't think. Oh, I don't think they have the money yet. So I don't think they've even done that. Done, done anything mm. new. So it was fairly recently, and you know how long they. Uh, Kickstarter holds on to your money. You know, you said that, but I feel like we had the Word Realms money like a couple days after the thing ended. Oh, it took me two. It took uh, ours two weeks. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was expecting it to take a really long time, and then when it didn't, I was like, huh. Uh, maybe they just didn't like the looks of you. Yeah. I mean, they said it could take up to two weeks, and then it totally did. Hmm. Uh, maybe they were just trying to earn some sweet, sweet interest on your dollars. By the time ours rolled around, they were like, we already got more money than Jesus. Yeah. And what's he going to do with it? Give it to the poor? Fuck I th- that. I think everybody has more money <clears throat> than Jesus. At, at yeah. his richest. Not so into the money. You think, I mean, his true riches occurred in the kingdom of heaven, though, right? Yeah, his true riches I've, occurred in the kingdom of loathing. I've heard that he, uh, I've heard that he uh, lives in a house with many rooms. Yeah. Well, he has in his father's house there are many mansions. I like that verse because it's in my father's house there are there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. Which is kind of a like a parent thing to say. Like, look, here's a thing that I'm saying. If it's not true, I wouldn't be saying it. So quit fucking around and go to bed. Oh, I I guess I would interpret that as like there is room because if there wasn't room for everybody, I wouldn't have bothered telling anybody. Right. It sounded to me just like, <clears throat> if this weren't true, I wouldn't have said it. Something. In my father's okay. house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. 
in my father's house there are many mansions. Also, this statement is false. <laughs> well, there's one Jesus who always lies, one Jesus who always tells the truth, and one Jesus who alternates between truth and lies, and one Jesus who hungers for human flesh. Yep. Uh, hey, do you mind uh, doing the break a little early and spending a little extra time on these questions? Because we got a ton of them. I was a little overzealous in my solicitations. Yeah, let's do it. We'll um, just do like a 14-minute break then. Okay. We'll be back in a bit. And we're back. Hey. Hey, uh, How was your break? I got a glass of water. I made some uh, chocolate milk for my wife and grabbed another beer for myself. Mmm. That's like grown-up chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. Although I have to admit, having tasted the chocolate milk to make sure that it was up to my exacting standards, I was tempted to just have some chocolate milk, but no, you know, I only drink beer once a week as a general rule, and it's during this show, and by God, I'm going to keep drinking some beers. Mm. I only drink chocolate milk like once a childhood. Yeah? Well, you, you don't have the sweetest tooth in the world. Yeah, and also milk is gross. Yeah, yeah. Bre- breast milk doubly so. It might as well be a big bottle of semen, because then you would find it more attractive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dead Ned wrote into the forums. Uh, last show, or a few back, I'm just getting caught up. You talked about how janky, how it was janky to do price checks for Mr. Accessories because it would uh, creep out to having to do those checks on Mad Train Wines or some such. What he was talking about is having it warn you if you try to put something in the mall way below average mall price. Sure. Um and he says, the problem, I think, is with the mall code. And to put stuff in your store screen, it defaults to the minimum price when you put something in the store below the min price. Uh, for example, if I put a Mad Trade wine in for 20 it would set the price to 100 meat. It does not do this in the Manage Prices for All Items page. Instead, it says Mad Train wine hasn't been updated. But I don't think that's, that's the minimum allowable price for anything. And not the, it's not respective of what is actually in the mall. Like, nothing looks like that. He says, so in the scenario of somebody fat-fingering the enter key or trying to sell a Mr. Accessory for 10 M meat, it would put said Mr. Accessory in the mall for 100 meat. Oh, wait, are you... Uh, can you change it so it doesn't default to the min price when something is placed in the store for what the game thinks is below mall minimum? Uh, I just don't know that that's going to actually help, right? Because then people would accidentally be selling it for 101 meat instead of 11 meat. Hmm whatever like I just I don't ugh. I don't know what we can do to prevent this thing that very very occasionally happens right because it sucks but there's a lot of places in the game where you can type the wrong number and do a shitty thing that you didn't mean to do and, and I just don't know like I've always been reluctant to build game functionality around anything that was going on in the mall because that just once you can start gaming that to do weird shit people are going to right um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe just a specific thing for Mr. Accessories where there is just a value that every year we make sure that that value still makes sense. Right? And that the prices haven't dropped. Yeah. WV O'Quine says, One, if you guys revamp the basic class skills, could you consider uh, could you consider just having them go up to level 13 so that it is no longer implied that the game is intended to end at level 15? No. that's. I mean, I like that they go all the way up to 15. Because having there be more skills in there also implies that there's more shit to do after you defeat the sorceress, which there totally is. Yeah. And, and 
it points towards aftercore being a thing, which it is. Yeah. Number two, Jake, I'm on hot stuff side about the word realms dictionary. The verbs and nouns are not even close to being labeled properly. Every single time I got into a fight with the witch witch or the subjunctor boss, they resisted at least one word they plainly should not have. Maybe it's better now that hot stuff's changed a few hundred words, but when I played it, it was frustratingly bad. No, I'm not saying that it isn't bad. I'm just saying that he, I think he's overstating the extent to which it is bad. And I think that fixing that stuff is the work of somebody that's getting paid eight bucks an hour instead of somebody that should be working on making video games. And that, that, that is where our disagreement comes into play. Although I say that there are hundreds of improperly tagged words, and he says that there are thousands. There probably are thousands, but I think there are only, a hundred, there are only hundreds that anybody's going to notice. It's tricky, too, because people will report that something's improperly tagged when it's just a usage with which they're unfamiliar. Yeah, it's so. more, I mean, which, the, to to try to reduce that, everything in the game that it, it is always inclusive and not exclusive, mm-hmm. right? Because it used to be that the, the when which was immune to nouns, but then, you know, a thing that is both a verb and a noun would not hurt her because it is a noun. Right. And so that was that was both not really active. Like, we just sort of decided that the way to go with things like that is to always make them inclusive instead of exclusive so that ambiguity in words would only could only be wrong in one direction. Right. <clears throat> um, because, that you know, if she was immune to nouns and there was something that the game just didn't know was a noun, you'd be confused. Um, and then always sort of have it act in the player's favor, which, but I, I, like, I continue to, to report this only 10,000 individual words have ever been played. And so I don't think that there can be very many thousands of those that are improperly tagged because there aren't that many of them that are verbs. Right. Right. Uh, let's see. Three, from last Thursday's show, you said in Scrabble there would be no point in words uh, in eight letters that did not contain any other words as a subset. Not true. There's the unlikely situation of having words on the board crossing every odd letter place, and then you use your seven letters to fill in the even letters for a 15-letter word crossing the whole board with no subwords. Uh, here's a not quite pure example, and then he gives this word played worth 1,962 points. Uh, the Scrabble dictionary just defers to Merriam-Webster for words over nine letters, though. Huh, okay. So that answers that. And yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Boy, looking at that example made me realize how incredibly frustrating and dull it would be to play Scrabble with somebody who knew the Scrabble dictionary. Did you, yeah, did you look that? at the, the whole example? Because it includes words that like squandermaniac and vagabondager, which any sane person would go, there's no fucking way that you should be able to play that. But the Scrabble person will go, oh, well, technically you can play that. And, like, watching two people who are really good at that might be interesting, but playing against that guy? Uh, no. It would be like playing uh, Settlers of Catan with hot stuff only 20 times worse. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I feel like there are some of these that were not very... Like, not actually words. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's ah, a problem with a dictionary, right? Like... Language is consensus. There has to be... You have to pick uh, a set of rules, and none of them are going to make everybody happy. You know? This is like a weird thing, right? But I think there's a difference in play style between I'm going to look at these letters, 
and think of the words that I know and play the best one that I can to score as highly as I can. And, like, maybe I will try some bullshit and see if it flies. But I think there's a huge difference between that and I will memorize this entire dictionary of obscure words so that I can play this game better. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people actually do that. I think a lot of people memorize the two-letter words because that's a that's yeah, a thing that. that will make you a lot more effective. Right. I I do have to say that I don't enjoy playing. Well, it's not that I don't enjoy it. So I've been playing a lot of words with the uh, or uh, what is it? Not words with friends. Uh, word feud with Data Vortex. Like we've had a game going for the last couple months, and it is. Like, if you're playing casually, if I'm playing casually with somebody, I feel like I kind of have to pull my punches at this point. Okay. But if I'm playing seriously against a serious opponent, like Data Vortex, I feel like the game becomes a thing that you play so defensively that it's just not very exciting anymore. Right. And neither of those is very good. So, in a way, I just wish that I had less ability at this game so that I could enjoy it more. Hmm. And I didn't, like, go out of my way to get better at it. It just happened, and now I'm like, eh. Yeah, with enough practice than anything, sure. Number four, says WV Oquine, I'm excited about a new level nine quest. It was always the weakest in terms of both mechanics and theme, I thought. Any hints about the theme of the new version? I mean, it is... It is a gleam in the eye of a rabbit at this point. That's how, that's how far away it is from having been born. Uh, Time says, I just wanted to say that the Torment Plant and Natural Born Skeleton Killer are some of my favorite skills. Is this trend going to keep going so that there will be skills for more phylums, please? Mm-hmm. Also, is there any way we can get an actual Egg Benedict familiar? Because I totally want one. I think that guy's better as a joke. Yeah. <clears throat> is tor- Torment Plant is like an active ability, right? That's a combat skill, right? I believe so. Uh, the Lone Goldfish says, Hey, the Idle Thumbs guys totally spoiled what games you bought, Jake. That having been said, will you be bringing them to con, please? The three-player offering you picked up happens to be one of my favorite games ever. Fell God. Uh, oh, right. The Fell God is the Lone Goldfish. Um, yeah, man. People keep asking me that. Is people just means Fell God and me? Uh, well, somebody sure. Else? I think I think hot stuff. We, we qualify as people, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. So they're, they're super difficult to move yeah they're heavy and difficult to move and and uh, you know it's not that big of a deal it would just be one more thing that we had to load out during the time when we were having to load everything out and it would take like three truckloads probably to do it Mm. um because they're they're just fucking huge yeah yeah. in japan where are you putting them in your house uh in that downstairs room that has had various purposes in the house's lifetime. The thing that would, I guess, be like a, I don't know, a sitting, a drawing room, a family room. Where the pool table is or where the TV is? No, the other downstairs. Well, the pool table and the TV. Oh, right. So the the same room. In the loop over there. The second, the secondary downstairs. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. The mid, because it's like split level. Does split level mean it's one floor on part of it and two floors on the other part of it? I always thought split level meant that it wa- it wasn't quite two story. It was like a half, you know, like three steps down or something. Huh. 
Um, anyway, part of my house is two stories and part of it is one story. And this is the downstairs, which is what I call the one story part. Yeah. As opposed to the downstairs. Yeah, they're, they're just going to be over there. There's some carpet. You know how much I like carpet. Mm-hmm. Doglord420 says, You were talking on the Thursday show about how olfaction is too powerful. And I remember you once said you originally intended olfaction to be only usable once per day. Uh, would you consider making it usable five times a day? And then if you want to use it more, you have to use odor extractors. That would give people a reason to keep hunting at the bounty hunter and would also make you drown in tears. Yeah, I would definitely drown in some dude's tears if I did that. I did not originally intend it to be usable once a day, I don't think. Um, what I remember was Hot Stuff suggesting that it only be usable once a day and me saying, no, you know, this is a thing that people worked really hard for. I want it to be really good. Right. Uh, King Art says, hey, Jake, we got Scully already. Are you or anybody else from the crew heading to Columbus this year? Yeah, I just got the hotel rooms for me and the Trubs. That's pretty awesome. Should I get you a room, too, or do you want to get it and get reimbursed? Since this is the kind of conversation that we should have yeah, live. on this show. I, I reserved mine earlier because... Oh, you did. Okay. Jello Bois was on my jock about it, so... Yeah, no kidding, man. Well, I understand where he's coming from. And, like... I helped boost that signal a little bit and put my thing in, and then he stepped it up a little bit. And now it's kind of a joke in the group where we're just kind mm-hmm. of throwing memes and shit out there to encourage people to book rooms. But it makes sense. He, if, my, my mellow you know, got kind of harshed, is all I'm saying. All right. Well, you are sensitive to being bugged. Or I, you know, I really, man, do I hate else. dealing with shit like that. Hmm. And then I put it, I, so, so like, I, my reaction is to just, like, stick my lower lip out and just not deal with it. And so then I end up thing, with things like, you know, when we went to this arcade game convention, I fucked around until just exactly too late. So we had to stay in a hotel that was a mile away instead of an elevator ride away. Right. You know, and it's just like, what the fuck is the matter with me? Why, why do I hate making travel arrangements so much that I will just not do them and end up costing myself extra money and convenience? Why? Do, what? What is the matter with me? And I think you do have a little bit of the imp of the perverse in you, where I think if you hadn't, or if Emily hadn't booked the the or bugged you about it, having seeing people keep going, book your room for Columbus would have made you say, "Fuck you, I'm not going to." Yeah, maybe so. I don't like it when the man tries to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chilled says, hey, Jick, hope, I mean, hey, Scully, hope your recovery is going well. Also, hey, Jick, hope you're fine and not stressed out by uh, the forums. Too much sand in your city? I know, there's just enough sand here. There's there's too much in my vagina. Mm. I don't know, there was that, uh, there were those comments on the forum, on one of the transcripts of a radio show that was like, one guy's all worried that I'm going to get heart disease because I'm so stressed out. But I don't really feel like I'm all that stressed out. I think it came across as way worse in that transcript. Me being, me being grouchy about something. Uh, anyway, are you two looking forward to con? Got any surprises lined up or just planning a straightforward yet awesome time like last year? And can you recommend anywhere I can eat some snake that isn't Rustler's Roost? Uh, I am actually very much looking forward to con this year. And I think the operative difference is that there is no LARP. And so I not only have time to hang out and fuck around and not be crazy stressed out and busting my ass 16 hours a day, preparing for the LARP but I'm also able to like kind of hang out on Saturday and maybe go to a party after the venue closes because I don't have to get up at 7 in the morning on Sunday so I am totally looking forward to it 
not really any surprises lined up. Uh, there's that we'll do the casino night again, but t- for twice as long. Yep, yep. And with twice as many craps. And with twice as much crap. I don't know where you go to eat snake. I've never eaten any snake. Have you ever eaten any snake, Mr. Scully? I haven't eaten any snake. You know, we also need a, another blackjack table or two if we can swing it. Uh, they did. Those yeah, I think, he, I think he also got either two or three additional black back, black back nice. tables. Fat back tables? <laughs> black black tables. Black ball tables. Uh, Morris says, are there any new clan dungeons currently being worked on? If so, can you tell us anything about them? If not, do you have any thoughts on clan dungeon design and what you would like to see from them in the future? <laughs> clan dungeons are my favorite part of the game, and I would love to see more of them. Yeah, me too. You know, they're just... Uh, they're a thing that I think of as being a tremendous amount of work, and they are... Yeah, they're, they're a real opportunity for scope creep before they even really get started. But then I think about things like, you know, the Haunted Sorority House only took me a few days to make. And it was okay. You know, I, I did not feel that it was, like, good enough for prime time. Like, I wouldn't have felt, I didn't feel like there was enough going on in there that it would be a good permanent fixture but I'm probably just totally wrong about that. You know, people would run it enough times to have the amount of fun that they wanted to have, and then they would stop, and that would be fine. It would be better for them to have the opportunity to do that than not. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's just, and maybe it's another one of those things. What is it, Imp of the Perverse? Right. Where it's like, I know everybody wants this, and so I'm the, the least likely to do it. I'm like, no, screw you guys. I'm going to do more nerfs. It's, that's what I want to do. It is hard to get into the mindset to be working on a clan dungeon. Especially because of the size and scope that even if we don't start them that way, that they end up having. Mm-hmm. So a simple idea will quickly become a complex idea, which causes me to check out. And then every time you look at it and see that it hasn't been updated, you're like, well, I guess nobody gives a shit about this. Let's do something else. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, and neither of us is really doing anything wrong, I guess, in that, mm-hmm. in that situation. So it's just like, it's just a reason that they don't happen. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, well, someday there's going to be two weeks where I don't have anything to do. But, like, no, there's not. Okay. Uh, number two, are the early silent boxes leading into another world event? If not, can you give us any hints or info about what they will be used for? I've logged in every day since the demise of Lord Flameface, hoping to use my box or the soul fragments for something. Nah, it's likely to be a little while. P.S. Thank you for a great game. You're welcome, eh, We'll buddy. figure out how to do something with them. I promise. Top1214 says, so I'm watching beach volleyball right now. One, where are the beaches in the Czech Republic? Are they in the same place as the Jamaican bobsled runs? Two, do you think sand in the vagina is a serious problem? Three, if yes to number two, do you think it causes play to get better, angrier, stronger hitting, or worse? I'm not convinced that any female Olympians actually have vaginas. Mm. I think they remove them for competition. I'm not really not convinced of that. I'm not not convinced that that's not the truth. I think I read, uh, I think I, I, I did some of my little delighted schadenfreude reading of an argument in Metafilter about, like, them talking about doing some sort of genetic testing for whether or not they allowed people to compete in female divisions of a sport, either in the Olympics or in some professional sport. 
like t- some kind of testosterone level testing. Right. I guess not genetic testing, but that is such a crazy thing to argue about. Like, well, it's arguing that somebody who's biologically not a woman is incapable of being a woman, and that's the kind of shit that will make people very, very angry. Yeah, and 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 then it's other people who are like, well, you know, if you don't, then all women's sports are just going to be dominated by people who are biologically men, but pretend to identify as women. <laughs> you know, you know, because but, but so so I mean that's like the but the rational approach to it also requires you to provide like you have to point at the fact that like uh, men are stronger and faster than women, uh, and that's why there are female divisions of these things because otherwise there would be no competition at all across yeah. gender divides. But, but then, that's, so it's like, that like you have that to acknowledge is that. True, that you really can't say without creating enough controversy, too. Yeah. So it's just it's super weird, super weird. I really and, love and, your. I mean, it's like which habits. which thing is more important, like an individual person's gender identity that we don't question an individual person's gender identity if there is a clear reason for them to lie about it, or the sanctity of this competition, and yeah, I don't know, man. It's it, it, that is a crazy argument to to watch people get into, right? Especially for someone who doesn't have a whole bunch of dog in that fight. Yeah. Uh, Bulb says that, that the beaches in the Czech Republic are around the lakes. Some of them are spectacular, and as they aren't tidal, you can capture a good spot and stay there all day. Yeah, I guess if you want to hog the beach and not let anybody else go enjoy the sweet sand vaginas. Yeah. I uh, I was at a bar and I overheard. Uh, with my eyes some Olympic uh, but other than that I have not been paying any attention at all are you are you guys an Olympics watching household uh, we, we don't really have TV I think I'm a person who would sit and watch the swimming diving and running parts and maybe the beach volleyball part but uh, that's about it I'm not somebody who's going to celebrate every time the U.S. wins a medal, because, eh. Okay. But, it, like, to me, it's interesting that there are these people who are the best a human body can get that are doing stuff that the human body doesn't seem like it was built to do, and yet they can do it, and, like, that shit is interesting. Mm. But as far as just somebody being better at something than somebody else, it's kind of, meh. Well, I can't imagine anything more boring than watching people swim. At least but the diving, race. there's some artistry to it. It's a it's a race, though. They're yeah, swimming. They're trying to see who can swim faster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess. I mean, so then you look and you're like, all right, one of those wet guys won. But you can't tell them apart. They all look the same because <laughs> they're like a perfect human body is, you know, not that different than a than a, another perfect human body. Sure. Right? I mean, I feel like there's an optimum for swimming. You know, you got to have the mutation that gives you webbed hands yeah. and uh, gills on your neck. Uh, Wax says, Captain Jicklord and Scully, King of the Dome, because you're bald. I was wondering if the new challenge path is going to be something that's really fun and awesome and makes people go, this is excellent, like Fist or Boris, or if it's going to be, we got really drunk this week and went to PAX or Comic-Con or some American-only gaming event, and I threw up in a potted plant and Riff got lost in the city, and when we found him, he'd gone native with the city's homeless folk, and Onstaff accidentally slept with a transsexual and got arrested by some casino guards, and we couldn't afford his bail, so we left him in Vegas. Trendy. 
So I'm really asking, is this challenge path something you're doing because you have a great idea and want to share the hilarious or something you're doing because you have to? Ugh, okay. There are a lot of there are a lot of things going on in this question that I'm not sure I am okay with. Um, mm. But so Way of the Surprising Fist was absolutely something that I did because I had to and it was hastily shat out at the last minute. So the fact that it was successful did not necessarily reflect how excited we were about it. Right. Uh, Boris was more like that, right? Because Boris was a thing that I got super into and I just put a bunch of time into it. And then I was like, all right, guys, it's time for you to help me with this. And then everybody helped me with it. And then it went out and was great. Um, the like Trendy, we, we needed to establish that A, not all challenge paths are going to have a bunch of new content in them. And B, especially new challenge paths that overlap crimbo right right and so you know it the one the one that overlaps crimbo this year we've already decided what it's going to be and it's a thing that like you know it's a th it's one of those things like one of those things that some people in the forums have asked for and it's like you know what you're probably not actually going to want this once we give it to you because that's what happens a lot of the time when you give somebody what they've asked for in the forums on an internet video game as it turns out but you know, it it needs to be something that is easy for us to work on and something that people can either do while they're doing the Crimbo stuff or something that people won't be sad to miss. Yeah. Um, this one is the most similar to Boris of anything uh, that we've done before, I guess. Uh, it's Riff has Riff has done a ton of work on it and there is a lot of new content. And as, as uh, C.D. Moyer was doing some implementation stuff today, he was like, man, people are really going to like this which is often a good sign that it's going to be a thing that people will like. So I'm pretty excited about it, actually. Hmm. Uh, I, I, this weekend, I coded up a bunch of new skills for it, and then Will Wheaton's dog farted. You know, I fucking knew if I posted that to Twitter that somebody was going to retweet it at Will Wheaton. Like, God damn it. <laughs> it's like, I was, I was trying to be mean to him, and then you showed him, and then I was like, wow, that was stupid. It's even funny. I eventually unfollowed Will Wheaton on Twitter because all of his posts were like, dog, I'm going to fart. Me, don't fart. Dog, fart. And yet you like three-word phrase. Uh, yeah. I think you just described half of the three-word phrases you've shown me. No. No. Uh, the dog delusion. Uh, wait, somebody said feature suggestion. On the first ascension, uh, add but gray out locations the player can't reach at as a sort of preview. Eh. Eh, I don't know about that. Uh, the dog delusion says, I second this. I can personally remember twice seeing new players struggling with where the fuck is this supposed island type questions before logging out forever. A preview of what might eventually be available might motivate them to search a bit harder to unlock stuff, or it might just overwhelm them. Your call, guys. Yeah, I mean... The fact that most people are not going to ascend means that showing them something that they will only see once they ascend, if they choose to see that thing, is feels like kind of a dick move to me. Right. Um, so I don't... I, the thing to do is to replace the level 9 quest with something that is not impossible to figure out how to do, which is totally next on the docket. Um, and figure out... You know, it's time to take a look at the island unlock process, I think. I mean, I think it's been time to take a look at that. Take a look at the shore. Also, a question, with the super awesome HD revamp of the mountain and the recent rearrangement of the planes and the not-so-recent changes made to some of the other areas, like the knob and such, is it possible that we might one day see a facelifted version of the main map in 3D? 
I think people would not be very happy about changing the main map. But I don't know. You know, I've thought that in the past. And then nobody's really cared. Somebody said that the new harem girl looks like a duck. Instead of a harem girl with really, really thick line weights. (laughs) I don't know. That seems like the kind of thing that I would protest vehemently and then grudgingly accept that it's better after the tree down. Yeah. Because it's not like you would do it in, like, a full-color isometric pixel map or some shit. No. Right. Yeah, sorry. Also, uh, we're changing the name of this to the Kingdom of Habbo Hotel Loathing. Right. It's funny, Uh, though, like, when I was thinking about the complaints about Word Realms art and the complaints we get about Kingdoms art, that if it was if it were done in pixel art, people would think it was brilliant. Even though that would be for word realms more primitive, and for Kingdom of Loathing maybe less expressive. But uh, yeah, yeah, hypocrites. I think and, a lot of people would also say that pixel art is totally played out and stop being all retro, you indie game jerks. Oh yeah, right. So what should we do, guys? Jeez, guys. Yeah, I, I think the new tell, harem tell girl... Us, tell us what you want so we can give it to you and you'll fucking hate it. The new harem girl has the same problem as the old harem girl to me. Which is what? The lines on the veil continue seamlessly into the horns, which makes it just look like she has some kind of wacky thing floating in the front of her face. Oh. Like a big handlebar mustache with a napkin tucked into it. Okay. Or something. Like, and that was the same with the other one, but you know, what are you going to do? She's got a veil and she's got horns. Yeah. I guess I could move the horns. Or maybe female knob goblins have horns on their butts instead of their heads. Oh, yeah. Then it'll just look like she's pooping in two directions at once. Hmm. And the photographer caught her mid-double poop. Well, that's the only time you would want the photographer to catch her. Blister Guy says, speaking of challenge paths, I'm finding more and more that as a path season draws to a close that I wish it were going to last just a little longer. How do you feel about the length you've chosen for challenge paths? Do you think three months is enough? Do you think six months is too long? What about four months? Um, you know, I think if I had considered how much work they were going to turn into, I might have been more likely to do a four-month thing than a three-month thing, but... Uh, you know, it's not. It's not such a big deal. They stay around forever, right? I mean, this is this is a way for us to add new content in a way that doesn't complicate the main game, which is great. You know, it's like... I think it's okay that it has become the focus of a lot of our content development work because it's a perfect place for it. Yeah. Um, what I don't like is that over time there are just going to be more and more things like uh, you get meat here, so this has to check for fucking Way of the Surprising Fist or whatever. Um, but I also feel like maybe once it's a five-year-old challenge path, maybe we don't care so much, you know, unless it becomes a thing that's like actually broken or, you know, we just fix them when they come up and it's not a big deal. Right. And he says, let's compare classes again, traveling trader skills, and then basically lists all those skills and uh, says the skill seal clubber skill is not that interesting and not that useful, even for low skill and slow players. I guess what I'm saying is when you revamp seal clubber, make clubs more important or since that's hard, maybe expand the skill. Let us use more sharp weapons as clubs. I mean, obviously, it's a hilariously written skill. It's just not as interesting in that it doesn't let you do much even for niche uses. Yeah, sure. I mean, of any six things, one of them is going to be the worst. Right. I feel like there's a lot of cases where, of any six things, the seal clubber is going to be the worst. 
I totally proposed a whole new skill thing for seal clubbers that I managed to get almost everybody excited about when I was talking about it in dev like a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't know. I, I'm pretty happy with the thing that I proposed today, and I hope that people don't say, no way, this is broken, and it's going to make every ascension take half a day, and then you, everybody will have to do two ascensions a day. Right. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe something extremely exciting will happen to seal clubbers soon. It'd be a bad move to do that right before a challenge path where you can't be a seal clubber. Or would it? We should have a challenge path where you can only be a disco bandit. Yeah, yeah. Like everything that everybody else is playing. It's always weird to me when I hear that the disco bandit is the most popular choice to play because I can't stand playing disco bandit. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder what... I wonder what it is. You know, so I bet I could probably do some stuff to the Disco Bandit that would make it more fun for you to play, but wouldn't matter at all to the people who say it's already the best. Right. Like, yeah, I don't know. I had I had a lot of fun working today. I hope I hope that I hope that that stuff that I did can see the light of day. That's what I hope. Uh, my question says Kazan, can we please get drop down menus in the vanilla interface to have consumables, equipment, and miscellaneous as three separate entries rather than just one generic inventory that forces me to load my miscellaneous page, assuming this was the last one used to get to my consumables? Please. Uh, I could see adding that as an option. Because, I mean, I, I would probably use that. I don't play the game enough. I mean, it doesn't bother me when I'm going in there to do stuff for testing, but if I played more, I probably would. Uh, Jokai says, can we have an NPC in the style of Ray Winstone? I don't know who Ray Winstone is. Uh, do you know who Ray, Ray Winstone, Winstone is? Or do you know what? how to use Google? He was uh, Fred Flintstone in the Flintstones movie where Fred Flintstone wasn't John Goodman. Uh, he was in Sexy Beast as the... I don't know, was Ben Kingsley the Sexy Beast or was Ray Winstone the Sexy Beast? I don't know, I never saw... I never yeah. saw... Uh, Sexy Beast. That's why I had... Yeah, I have no idea. So you're going to have to specify which Ray Winstone you're talking about. It looks like maybe he's going to age into a Rip Torn replacement. Right. Which we're going to need eventually, sadly enough. Yeah. Uh, they have to do a total Rip replacement once it gets torn. Ho-ho! Uh, Kennyman666 says, Moxie requirement on the teddy bear backpack so it's actually usable for the quest. It's made to be usable and if you do that part of the quest when it becomes available, a disco bandit with 90 Moxie won't have anywhere near 75 mysticality. Yeah, I fixed that two weeks ago. And see, this is the kind of thing that makes me think, you know, maybe the shit that people are complaining about is not even a big enough deal that they will notice when I fix it. Yeah, you guys. That's what I was thinking. Stop making jigs sad. Gleeb says, yeah, no, I mean, I'm going to totally get depression and scurvy if I keep getting so frustrated and so angry when I try to work on my job game. Because every time you go to eat an orange, you're like, I'm so outraged at all of this bullshit that Damn I can't you, even Kenny eat Man this orange. And I just crush the orange like a little miniature Gallagher in my face. Yep. Instead of eating it. And so you get scurvy. Is that what you want? Do you want Jake to have scurvy, people? Because that's where we're headed. Glebe says, can we have a Robert Frost made of long skinny balloons? I need something to scare these birds away. <laughs> yeah, I, could, I would totally put in an Easter egg that you could make a Robert Frost out of long skinny balloons. Uh, Dark Vamp 95. Oh, man. Do you think that's a goth kid that was born in 1995? I think that was just the, that version of the Dark Vamp operating system. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
It was. Do you think it's a? Do you think it's a female goth who's almost old enough to sleep with? Yeah. No, I think it's a female goth who was born ninety-five years ago. Ooh. So yeah, that's like legit ass goth. Yeah. She was actually born in the <laughs> gothic period. She was a Visigoth. Hey, I was wondering if it, if it was worth holding on to my mime soul fragment. Was the April Fool's joke that it's completely useless, or will it eventually have a purpose? It'll eventually have some kind of purpose. Exactly. At Gnat, at Nat, at Nat. Any chance of a moxie weapon being added, which messes around with the chat interface, like that damn sword or the staff? I guess if there was a, if there was a thing for it to do. Blister Guy suggests an expo across that changes everything that could be shortened to text language into a shortened version of itself. For instance, you would become you, and hate would become H8, and so on. I would really, really hate this item. Yep, sort of like an anti-wang. Yeah. We could call it a chung. You can call it a gnaw. Mm-hmm. You know, we um, haven't made uh, use of the fact that wang wang gnaw is a palindrome. Yeah, we really haven't. That's a, that's a thing that could definitely happen to you yeah. over there. You could encounter a flow wolf that gives you a wang gnaw. Yeah, wow. In between busting fat rhymes. Yeah, okay. Or just constantly being on its period. When when your wolf is on its period, <laughs> you can only get a wang gnaw from it. Ha <laughs> ha. You see, that's a... Ugh. Beautiful. I think we should uh, strive to replace in slang blowjob or blowy J with wang gnaw I, I don't think we need to replace blowy j with anything because I don't think that blowy j is a word that anyone has ever said it's a C.D. Moyer thing because he, he always talks about handy j's so <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, we started joking that. about blowy j's yeah well so it's just a joke nobody actually says that yeah tank chart hummer hummer hummus mm-hmm. hey baby can I you got a hummus yeah Hummus, would you? Give us a kiss. <laughs> um, Spaghetti says, where or to whom should we report suspected multi-abuse? To Multizar, number six. Uh, Riboflavin says, have you ever considered a Mr. Store item that would randomly provide an older item of the month, like a Mr. E-Box? Uh, encourage some donation and sinks of Mr. A's through the glory of chance. I think this is something that could be managed without completely destroying the market. Control drop rates, maybe limit to items, older items three to four months back and beyond. What? Wait, provide a few exclusive items only randomly received from the box. It's been so long since the item of the month started that I think it'd be nice to encourage a new generation of completionist collectors a chance to substantially invest in something they enjoy without years of meat tycooning. Man, that seems evil. Yeah. Uh, when do we, P.S., when do we get to upgrade our clockwork maids into rubber maids? I need more organization <laughs> in my campground. Uh, um, that, that whole random old item of the month thing, like, that is so, so gambly that it would trigger some really gross behavior in people that I that I would feel really bad about and also I don't know that I don't think that it would actually damage the market on its own but what I think it would do would be to absolutely demolish like customer confidence in us yeah because it's just which is the yeah. single currency that pays our bills yeah 
Uh, Davik says, speaking of Moxie, I did a Moxie weaponless run recently. Would you be willing to modify Kung Fu Hustler or add a secondary skill such that you use Moxie to resolve attacks when fighting barehanded if your Moxie is higher than your muscle? Kind of the opposite of how Hero works with respect to muscle, Moxie, shields, and damage. Fighting weaponless is a choice, and if you choose to go that route, then it should be tougher, absolutely. However, Kung Fu Hustler is a Disco Bandit skill. Shouldn't it be most useful for Disco Bandits or Moxie classes? Or at the very least, be as useful for them as it is for muscle classes? Pretty please? Yeah, people have made that argument about Kung Fu Hustler a lot. I mean, it kind of didn't make sense as a Disco Bandit skill, but that was the what was up, and that was the idea that I had. Uh, speaking of which, Steelhead on says, is there any chance that our friend from the Distant Lands will be making an appearance anytime in the near future? It's been kind of a while since we've seen him. Yeah, time and tide. Time and tide. Uh, I Eat Food says, any chance of being able to rename a clan? I know it was talked about before, but nothing really came of it, I assume because there's no need for such a thing to be. Most, if not all, clans are happy with their name, and a few of them are actually good, lol. Uh, but a few clans, like mine, were inherited along with the name. My clan is very small, about six good active members, and we all donate regularly for clan items, and so we're fully stocked. So starting a new one is totally out of the question. I personally think that if you could change it once a year, or every two years, or for, say, two million meat, would not only bring the clan together more, you could hold a raffle... Uh, for the new name or a poll so everyone gets a say and at the same time make the clan feel like it's something that they as a team have earned and are a greater part of you know I, I don't know man I don't know like on that thing in particular I don't know why I'm dragging my feet if we could say like sure you can rename your clan for 5 million meat out of the stash like does anybody care does that cause any harm what do you think Mr. Skullhead <sighs> I mean, I am good with your original justification for that, where you wanted that, like, naming your clan to be a significant thing. Mm-hmm. As same as naming your store. But then, on the other hand, how many people know that it's going to be a significant thing when they start it? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I always hate changing anything, but I suppose... Yeah, everybody hates changing anything. I suppose that's something that could change. That's what separates us from the animals. Animals love change. Right. Uh, Ultimate Chaos says, I've been playing another MMO where a new brand of multiplayer has opened up, and I was excited to dive into it. I got paired up in battle after battle against people who had no grasp of strategy but walked around with 40 to $50 worth of purchased equipment who would completely decimate even the most experienced person without access to as much money. I ended up quitting the MMO altogether. Thanks for not having KOL be pay to win. Some questions, though. One, are you ever tempted to make KOL in that genre? The thing is... I, KOL is very much pay to win, right? Like, you get really serious gameplay advantages for the stuff that you buy from us for real money, but I think that there are two differences between KOL and the games that people deride as being pay to win. Uh, one is that it's not a competitive game, really, uh, except at, at levels that almost nobody cares about. And B we don't separate the cash shop currency from the regular game currency so you can just play the game and get all of that stuff without ever having to give us any money and I feel like that second one is a step that most free to play games are not willing to take right Um, and you know I think they there is certainly some downside to it right like both markets getting super fucked up if there's a bug in either of them, for instance. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's a big deal, really. I, I think it's been the key to our success. Like, somebody who wants a bunch of meat can donate and sell it, or they can just 
spend a bunch of time focusing on playing that way, and that's great. You know? Yeah. Uh, number two, how would you explain Items of the Month to somebody who owned a pay-to-win game? Eh, probably just the way that I just said it to you, because that's really the only difference. Three, what are your goals when you make an item of the month? What should a successful one have? Um, well, my goal when I, make an, when I make an item of the month is that it, this needs to be something that is awesome to a player who doesn't know anything about optimal play. Um, that it should, there should be something fun and awesome about it and that it should seem really powerful on its surface. Uh, number two, it maybe should be Ascension Optimal, depending on how many of those we've been doing lately or whatever, right? Uh, three, it should serve the needs of players who have been priced out of a specific critical functionality for competitive competitive play when when possible, when when feasible. Uh, and fourth, it, I don't know. It should be cute so girls will buy it. Huh. Uh, number four, if you could do it all over again, would you stick with the item of the month system or would you do it differently? I would not mind trying a game that just had a cash shop that occasionally got new stuff in it but it was more or less just the same stuff that you could buy all the time. Um, just because that would be so much less work and it would potentially be a thing that could just sit there and make some people happy and, and, you know, provide a living for some people that were maintaining it without it being like full-time jobs. But maybe that's not something that you should get. I don't know. Yeah. I, like I do get stressed out a lot of the time when it's there's no idea for an item in the month, but I don't know why because we fucking always come up with something. You know, like if you've asked us, we've been out of ideas for eight years, but we keep doing them every month, and it keeps being more or less okay. So that's all right. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what to do in Word Realms. Like we launched the Word Realms MMO. You know, so much of so much of the stuff in KOL is all tied up in so much of the other stuff in KOL, right? So, like, if we were trying to design something from the ground up with Ascension in mind, I think it would work differently than this. There wouldn't, you know, I think there probably wouldn't be the like weird softcore hardcore divide, mm. right? It wouldn't be. It, uh, I would probably not. If if I had been thinking of it, what I probably would have done is not made it so Mr. Store gear wasn't accessible in hardcore, but the way that gear was sold in Mr. Store was that you had, like, a weapon rack that was at, at your campground that every run it would give you, like, a quest item that was that weapon, right? So that so that it would be a thing that everyone could use if they wanted it. Hmm. And that, you know, I, it would be weird to do it now. Although... I don't know. People didn't... The the Camp Scout backpack sold really well for equipment. You know, it wasn't like the greatest month overall, but it wasn't going to be the greatest month overall. Um, and, you know, there were a few people that were like, I don't know about this, but then everybody was more or less like, yeah, this thing is cool. Hmm. You know, so, so who knows? Like, it'd be weird to change, to shift gears so fundamentally at this point, but yeah, I don't know. I would really have to spend a lot of time thinking about it. If I were if I were trying to design a game as a business, starting from zero, 
it would be weird. You know, I mean, like the fact that the fact that the Word Realms MMO is still so far into the future is it's like in that position where I have the luxury of only being able to only, you know, being required to think about the fun parts. Right. So it's like anything else. Uh, Diabolico says, oh, wait, somebody's complaining about the pool table. Somebody having an unassailable record on their pool table. And Diabolico says, hey, I had a problem with pool table record griefing a long time ago. I was informed by the powers that be that nobody is unbeatable at pool. And as a result, I optimized and knocked that sucker off the top. You can, too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Lightwolf says, are you watching the guy do the live stream first impression of KOL? Uh, what's it like actually seeing somebody play the game as a relative newbie? So many adventures spent resting at his campground. Yeah, that's what it's for. That's what I tend to do right after I ascend. I have not been paying enough attention uh, to to that guy's uh, going through it. Um, you know, it was a thing that I was like, ah, oh, that'll be fun to watch, and then every time there's anything going on with it, I have not watched it. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll catch up. I'll catch up on it. We've been we've been working on this challenge path and stuff, and I you know, randomly uh, working on a seal cover skill revamp hmm. for no, that nobody asked for. That isn't true. Some people asked for it. Smelltastic says, are you as sick to death of the cultural obsession with Doctor Who as I am? You know, I don't really begrudge somebody liking a thing. Unless it's Cards Against Humanity. Right. You guys are dicks. I was a little tired of hearing people talk about it until I started watching it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, this actually is pretty good. I haven't reached the level of obsession that people seem to have with it, but I can see getting there. Mm. No, we're going through it very, very, very extremely slowly. But it's good. It's good stuff. And if you don't like it, you can just ignore all the people telling you it's the best thing ever. Like I pity the fool who hates Arrested Development and has seen enough of it to be able to make that point. Oh, yeah? Like yourself? Well, no. I'm just thinking of a thing that everybody says, oh, my God, you have to see it. I have a couple of friends who didn't like Firefly. Hmm. So they, they are made of sadness. I mean, I don't know that I hear people talking about Doctor Who that much. It's just, it's become another thing that you always see on shirts at a, at a nerd convention. Right. You know, there's just a lot of Tardises. Tardi. (laughs) There's a lot of Tards. Tardos. Do you think the Tardis wouldn't be as cool if it was T-A-R-D-U-S? No. Because then it would be, you hardly know us. Um, so I mean, I think the idea of the Tardis is kind of cool. I Daleks never were cool looking to me. Like, give me a Cylon. If you watch the new iteration of Doctor Who, they do some interesting stuff with the Dalek. I mean, it's kind of cool watching them do with the new stuff. You know, taking some of the just laughable shit from the old series that were that way because their budget was very limited and retconning it into something cool mm-hmm. so yeah I think it's I wasn't impressed by the way that Daleks looked but then the episode that they were in in the new run was just phenomenal it's like oh I, I get it they're space Nazis did you know that Ray Winstone has played a guy named Bors B-O-R-S and a guy named Gort G-O-R-T <laughs> and Klaatu and Barada and Nikto yeah also, a guy named Dave. Uh, a lot of four-letter uh, four-letter names in there. And Fred. And a guy named Dad. 
huh. and another guy named Dave. I think I'm uh, I think I'm discovering a pattern in here. This means something. I need to start cutting out newspaper clippings about these movies and putting them on my wall with chalk lines drawn between them. I would recommend using the push pen and thread approach. Oh yeah, yeah, it looks cooler, and then you don't have to draw on your shit. Oh yeah, okay. You got to poke a lot of little holes in it though. Yeah, but and then it looks way cooler. It's like you're making a cat's cradle of crazy conspiracy theory. Somebody's probably going to exhort me to hit F5, hit F5, hit F5, Jake. Uh, how did I not... How did, I must have accidentally closed the tab that I had that forum thread open in. I don't even know how computers work anymore, man. Hmm. Yeah, there are totally new posts. Uh, let's see. Jickmaster says, Wack, you said that if I reminded you in 2014, you would make a Deus Ex item of the month for Sneaky Pete. In 2014, can I design it? It would make my month. I thought that said it would make my mouth. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know what that means. Um, I don't know, man. I'll be, I'll be glad to take suggestions. A Deus Ex item of the month for Sneaky Pete. I don't know. I don't know what that meant. Yeah, so people belly aching about sneaky pete which i gather is going to be the norm until something happens with sneaky pete yeah but i mean we it's been the same story for the last year and a half mm. or so i don't know um yeah you know it maybe it's maybe it's time to give it an entire facelift mm. you know make it into something that does not Make it into something that does not require a new tiny injection of content every time to make it fun. Huh. Maybe. Yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? I don't know. It was also no big deal to come up with two items and a little story every month. Yeah, except that we forgot it like a third of the time. Sure. <laughs> so kind of suck. Yeah. So it's like, you're right, but that didn't stop us from not doing it um yeah yeah i want to go make dinner can i go make dinner let's see it's over here it's 9 57 Uh oh so that's yeah we can do that we can get off this here radio not that i'm not having a good time oh sure i understand it's just that i'd be having a better time if there were some potatoes cooking right you're having potato no sushi tonight uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah? Oh, okay. Yeah, just stay in and stay in and cook at home. All right, then. Potatoes, Mr. Skullhead. Potatoes is what I'm going to have. Are you going to boil them, mash them, and stick them in a stew? Such a meat and potatoes guy that potatoes are my meat. <laughs> well, I'm having a potato filet with a side order of potatoes and some potato salad. Oh, wait, potato salad is actually a thing. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Having a banana salad. Yeah. Good for the heart. All right. All right, good, good night, everybody.